So he disguises himself, and he disguises himself for good reason, because he was the one who put the spiritists and the mediums out of the land. Can you imagine the woman, if he came in all of his royal garb, she'd be like, cooked. She's like, my life is over. So he disguises himself, because he's a desperate man. Have you known desperate people? Have you been desperate yourself? Every creature's unique in a song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Saul disguises himself when he went to see the medium. Once he meets with the medium, he will ask the medium to channel the deceased prophet Samuel. He did this because he wanted to know what God might say to him. Saul is like a man going to a palm reader to hear the will of God. This shows the depth of Saul's fall from God and how it affected his mind. He obviously isn't thinking clearly here. Once Saul rejected the truth, he was likely to fall for even the most foolish deception. Now here's Pastor Rob with today's study. And that's why we will see in a few moments why this lady, this witch at Endor that Saul is going to associate with, why she's so frightened because all of a sudden the familiar spirit that's coming up is not the same spirit she's used to. And we'll look at that. But in Leviticus, it says, a man or a woman, this is Leviticus 20, 27, a man, who is a, a man or a woman who is a medium or has a familiar spirit shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. Even in Deuteronomy chapter 18, it says, These are not to be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. These are an abomination to the Lord. That's what he says. Even astrologers. When we think of an astrologist or an astrologer, they are, it's not a good thing. These are folks who put together horoscopes and read palms and these kinds of people. Not to be confused with astronomy, the study of the star. That's a worthy goal. The heavens declare the glory of God. Many astronomers have studied the heavens and came to faith as a result of it, realizing this was no mistake. And look at the order. <laughs> the more you study it, the more you realize there's an order. It's not just chaos out there, right? So astronomy is all fine and well, but when you start communicating with spirits to talk about you because of the, the date you were born, I mean, really? Isn't that kind of general? Doesn't that kind of add up? And sometimes they're going to be right on the money, but most of the time it's just a rolling the dice, but people buy into it, right? 
So I'd encourage you not to dabble into that kind of nonsense. Palm reading, seances, Ouija boards. We talked about this last week, and I mentioned Key West because Key West is like Sodom and Gomorrah of the South. And literally, it's like everything, anything goes in that town. It's, it's just full of wickedness. And it, in the daytime, it's not so bad. But as soon as the sun goes down, oh, it gets pretty wicked outside. Every, it's like all the, all the owls and all the squirrels come out of the, the trees. It's it's really interesting place. But anyway, but a child of God should not be dabbling with such things, right? And what, why is Saul, knowing that these things are not right in God's eyes, why do we find Saul approaching a medium, a witch? Well, I think we can see that it'd be fairly easy when, because of his rebellion, and here's the scary thing, is that Saul had gotten to a place where he was in rebellion for so long and had rejected God so much that God rejected him. That's what the Bible says. He rejected him, and he chose, rather, his neighbor, David. And so there came a point in Saul's life, because of his disobedience, because of his rebellion, and God says, you know what? I'm not speaking to you anymore, Saul. And what does a man do like that? It'd be better for him to just beg God to forgive him. (laughs) And I think God would have accepted him if he really would have crumbled and really repented. But when the man doesn't repent, then what is there left but for the man to go to the dark side to get answers? And the devil will give you some answers. They're not going to be good ones. And they're going to get you more it's sort of like the tentacles of, a, of an octopus. He gets you in once, gets you in twice, and pretty soon you're completely involved in this thing and you're hook, line, and sinker into it. And the devil lies to you. And he he'll ultimately will destroy you. That's his intention is to destroy. And that's what he's doing with Saul. And God is allowing it. He's allowing it, not because he wants to. God loves Saul, and he gave him many opportunities, but Saul made some very bad decisions, continued making bad decisions, and was disobedient to the Lord. Verse 4, it says, Then the Philistines gathered together, and they came, and they encamped at Shunem. And so Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. And this place, Shunem, is just to the south of the hill of Moray, which is in the Jezreel Valley. Um, to the southwest of Mount Tabor. And Endor, believe it or not, is right between Mount Tabor and this hill of Moray, which is very near Shunem. And this is a place when we go to Israel, we drive right through this area, right through Mount Tabor next to it, and um, you can see the land and where all of this kind of came down. It was a very interesting, very interesting place, but this is where uh, it took place. And then verse 5, it says, When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart was trembling greatly. And, you know, think about the predicament that Saul was in here because he was a man rejected by God and now he's doing things that he knows he's not supposed to do. And then now he's got this Philistine army that's really huge amassing before him and he's very frightened. There is nothing worse than to feel like you've got nobody to talk to. (laughs) Have you ever been in a place like that where all your troubles are mounting on you and you've got nobody, not even God is speaking to you? That's a very, very bad place. Now, I want to encourage you that if your heart is soft, God will, he he always wants to speak to you. 
But understand that Saul is, an, is a great example of the kind of person not to be. You don't want to be like this insolent, I'm going to do it my way kind of attitude. I'm going to resist. I'm going to not obey the Lord. Learn to obey the Lord because there are blessings in obedience. There really is. Your life will be blessed if you are just obedient. And are, is it really that hard anyway? I mean, granted, you know, doing the right thing sometimes and often is harder to do than doing the wrong thing. But we have to do the right thing. I want to encourage you to, to, to press in and not allow your flesh and your emotions to dominate you. And the devil is right there provoking your emotions. Are you one that's always bent on emotions, doing things on this, you know, and then they, they, they get angry, they get frustrated, and then you lash out, you do something. That, if you've got that temperament, be very, very careful because the devil loves people like that. But we have to learn to submit to those emotions. And when you're feeling like you're about ready to snap, the best thing you can do is drop to your knees. Go into a public restroom if you have to. And sit on the toilet and shut the, shut the door. And just sit there and, and just pray to God. You do what you've got to do, but you know, don't think you can just handle it yourself because you're going to snap. You need to get on your face and pray to God and ask him to help you. And I guarantee if you do that, he will meet you more than halfway. But will you do it? It's certainly a lot more fun to just give in to the tantrum. It feels good for a moment, but then the bill comes. And the bill could be a physical bill. (laughs) By the things you broke, the windows you smashed, the drywall that you punched a hole through. Or it could be the bill of a lost relationship. Something you said out of anger that hurt somebody so deeply, and now you can't take it back. And it's going to take years before that person will trust you again. So we must be very careful. But Saul was incredibly, his, his heart trembled greatly because he was in a very bad place. And this was the day before he would ultimately die. Do you understand that? This incident that we're looking at, this event in his life, was the day before his last day. The next day he would be gone. He would be killed by the Philistines. So, verse 6, when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, notice that, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. Remember what it said in 1 Samuel 15. Samuel, speaking to Saul, he says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Hmm, that's interesting. That's almost like a prophecy of what we're reading tonight, isn't it? Because just a few chapters ago, actually in chapter 15, Samuel was talking to Saul, and he says, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And what is Saul doing right at this moment that we're talking in this passage? He's involved in witchcraft. I feel like Samuel was exercising perhaps a, a word of knowledge. And, and, and I, don't, I don't think it was here by mistake. Samuel says, For rebellion is, is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness, Saul, is as iniquity and idolatry. And notice, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. God had rejected him. We don't like to think about that. In Proverbs fifteen twenty nine, it says, The Lord is far from the wicked. In Proverbs 28, 9, and 10, it says, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. There comes a point when that can happen. And I don't know when that line is drawn. Only God knows that. But I would encourage you to never mess around with those lines. 
and get to the edge of the, you know, the Rubicon. Don't ever play games with grace. Don't ever play games with God and say, well, I can do it this time and get away because I've, I've done it many times before and I've gotten away with this thing. You don't know if you're going to get away with it this next time. Because God doesn't do the same thing in people's lives. And so we have to be very careful. And sometimes he will allow a child of God to be found out and for their lives to be really messed up. Sometimes he will allow that. If we're not willing to turn from our sin and we continue in rebellion, he may allow you to get busted. And it may cause a lot of problems. It happened in David's life, didn't it, with Bathsheba and Uriah. A good example. David was never the same after that. He wrote some really wonderful psalms that we can all um, relate to. But think of the psalms he could have written. Soaring with the eagles. <laughs> but now he's in the depths. And those psalms minister to us because they do. He, he gets his eyes off of himself and he focuses on the Lord. Those are good for us too. But how much better it would have been for David not to have fallen like that. But now we're looking at, you know, in Psalm 66, verse 18. This is one that's really scary. Uh, the psalmist says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And again, there's a point. I don't know when that is. But I don't want to flirt I have flirted with that myself, but I don't want to flirt with it anymore. You know, as we grow older in the Lord, doesn't your heart become more sensitive to Him? Or hopefully it is. Hopefully your heart is growing to where you're just like, Lord, I, I just, I don't, I, I'm done with this. You know, for, there's something about age that does that to us. When you're young, you think you can get away with it, and usually God is very gracious. <laughs> He's always very gracious. But there's something about age, after you've done it for a while, a particular thing, a particular sin, and you're just like, you know what, this is really, and you know by experience, this is not good. It's not good, and why am I continuing to do it? There comes a point where you're just like, I'm really sick of this, and God's going, me too. I'm really glad that you've come to the end of yourself. And happy is the man or woman who comes to the end of themselves sooner than later. Why? Because then you don't have the scars to prove your rebellion. I wish I just listened to my parents. I wish I just listened to my mother, uh, you know, when I was younger and just do the, what she told me to do. I wished I would have read the Bible. I wish I would have been more obedient to the Word of God. I would have very few scars on me had I done that. Less scars than the average person, perhaps. Maybe you'd be the same way. But rebellion creates these problems, right? So verse 7, Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Notice, this is really peculiar. This is what they said. In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. How did they know that? Maybe they were frequenting her themselves. Weren't they supposed to execute those spiritists and mediums, to get them out of the land? Why is it that these men who are very close to the king know about this and they haven't done anything about it? That's something just to ponder. Something to ponder. Kind of gives you an understanding of the times that they were living in, how things became kind of lackadaisical. People, eh, it's all right. We'll just compromise a little bit or compromise a whole lot. Sounds like America. Sounds like America. We are the biggest compromisers probably in the world. 
We've been given much. I'm not trying to make you here feel guilty tonight. I mean, that's not my intention. But we have to be careful, folks. We have to be really careful. We've been given much, and to whom much is given, much is required. Amen? So, you know, find me a woman who is a medium. And unfortunately, this is the path of a man or a woman who's rejected God. And, you know, you're desperate for an answer. The heavens seem like brass to you. And the next thing to do is to consult the devil. And the devil will be more than happy to give you some news. In Psalm 60, verse 11, give us help from trouble, for the help of man is useless. Saul was going to man. He was going to a woman, actually, but he was going to mankind instead of God. Psalm 118, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Psalm 146, verse 3, do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. When we reject God and his word, we are basically casting his counsel away from us. And it reminds me of the, the, the testimony in Psalm 2. Do you remember Psalm 2? It says, Why do the nations rage and the people will plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against Jehovah, and against his anointed, his Messiah, that's what that word means, saying, let us break their bands in pieces and cast away their cords from us. It's the independent, rebellious spirit. You know, when you were born, your mother had an umbilical cord attached to you, giving you everything you needed. And there does come a time, you know, I mean, it was healthy for the umbilical cord to be cut. But God is like, you know, giving us this, his spirit and giving us his counsel. And what happens when we cut that communication? When we do the proverbial cutting of the cord and we're like, no thanks, I can take care of this myself. I'll do it myself. I think I can do better. In fact, I'm old now. I've learned a lot. I've gone to Harvard. Yes, I've gone to Harvard. I've got my law degree, right? Oh, that makes me some kind of qualified now. So I don't need God anymore. So I'll just start cutting these cords. I don't need him anymore. I, I'm, I got it all together now. I got my degree. I got my fancy job. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways. The word all there is really interesting. It means only just a little bit, just a fraction. No, it means all. All means all, right? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. But notice this woman, this medium at Endor, this fountain of habitation is the name of it. So Saul disguised, verse 8. He disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went, and the two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. That's always an ominous sign. You can almost hear the music change. If you were watching a movie, as soon as the, the sun goes down, all of a sudden the, the, the music changes to a minor key, and they walk into the cave where the woman is, and she's got that, Hi there, and the cat's over there. And the cauldron is boiling over, seething with a bunch of scum over the top. She's putting in stuff. She's reaching into jars, putting in stuff. 
bring me up Samuel. <laughs> right? So he disguises himself, and he disguises himself for good reason, because he was the one who put the spiritists and the mediums out of the land. Can you imagine the woman, if he came in all of his royal garb, she'd be like, cooked. She's like, my life is over. So he disguises himself because he's a desperate man. Have you known desperate people? Have you been desperate yourself? Do you find yourself in some of the lowest points of your life doing things that you're just like, you look back now and you're like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe it. But the circumstances and the pressure that get us to do things that we regret later. And this is one of them for Saul. So he disguises himself. And it says, Then the woman said to him, Look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life and cause me to die? And, and Saul swore to her by the Lord. Isn't this interesting? This man of God, or the man of God he should have been, he swears to her by the Lord, by Jehovah. He swears. He makes an oath to her. As the Lord lives, as Jehovah lives, no punishment shall come for you, come upon you for this thing. Do you understand that he was swearing an oath by the Lord to do something that was against the Lord's word? Do you realize how wrong that is? He is the wrong guy at the wrong place, saying the wrong things at the wrong. Everything is wrong about this. Everything is wrong, right? In First Chronicles chapter 10, verse 13, it gives us some commentary on Saul's life, and I'd like to read that to you. It's, it's very short. It says, First Chronicles 10, verse 13, it says, So Saul died for his unfaithfulness. That's why he died. For his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord. Why? Because he did not keep the word of the Lord. And also because he consulted a medium for guidance. But he did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he killed him. The Lord killed him. The Philistines did it, but the Lord allowed it. The Lord knew that was coming. That's why he could tell Samuel, as we're going to see here shortly, Samuel told him and prophesied, tomorrow you're going to be with me. In other words, you're going to be with me in the grave. You're going to be with me in the grave. So verse 11 in our text says, Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. And you know, this is really hard. It's hard to read, and I can't imagine the turmoil of Saul's heart as he is just violating everything in his whole existence. Do you see that? I mean, just in asking her this thing, he's violating every single thing that his life meant was about. Every single thing. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, why did she cry? We'll look at that. <laughs> and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. Evidently, it appears that the Lord here somehow made her aware that Saul was there. Perhaps Samuel told her himself. We really don't know. But I'm sure she had never experienced anything like this before. Because remember, she's used to speaking to a familiar spirit. And now she's dealing with something, with someone who is more powerful than anything she's ever experienced before. Because normally a medium, like we talked about before, will, will be under the, the influence of a lying spirit, a lying demon, right? And it will impersonate whoever it is that's coming up. But this something different happens here. Samuel does come up. 
the spirit of Samuel comes up. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.